Hello, we're glad you joined us for Stand Up Be Heard, the podcast. At Ford's Theater, we believe in the power of storytelling and using our voices. On this podcast, you'll hear student voices and perspectives about issues that are important to them. We invite you to open up, check any biases, and hear what they have to say. Good afternoon, Pirate Nation, and welcome to Are You Listening? A webcast podcast series brought to you in partnership from the wonderful people at Ford's Theater. On this episode of Are You Listening? We'll be joined by Matutupa Nguyenle, who is the Chief of Staff for Councilmember Robert White. He'll be interviewed by one of our wonderful seniors here in Pirate Nation, Anne Huynh, who is a senior that's dual enrolled receiving college credits at UDC. Let's take a peek in, in their conversation. And once again, thank you so much for listening to Are You Listening? In partnership with the wonderful people at Ford's Theater. Let's go. Hi, Mintokufa. Um, it's good to have you here for this live stream that we have going on. Um, I'm Ann Huynh, as you guys know. Um, so first question to ask you, um, what led you to your career in silly, um, city politics? Sure. Um, and thanks for having me. And I'm excited to be on this, is it the Stream Live, Stream Yard with uh, Paul Public Charter School. Um, <clears throat> so city politics actually found me. Um, and I, I tell people all the time I was in I was in the tech space. So I worked for a small startup way back in the day. Um, <clears throat> and then I actually joined a campaign for my current boss. Uh, but honestly, politics and activism run in my blood. And uh, years ago, like in the 70s and 80s, my parents were super active in the apartheid movement, which was very similar to the Jim Crow movement in the, in the United States. But this was happening in, in South Africa. And my parents were literally freedom fighters. So, you know, making sure that justice for all people, um, for all oppressed people, is something that I've always focused on. So that's what led me to uh, to politics, specifically at the city council. That's amazing. Um, so, second question that mm -hmm. me and the school would like to ask you is specifically, what is the best advice would you give to? seniors who are currently going to be freshmen in college next year yeah. for them to major in criminology. Um, so you're, so the, just so I'm clear, what advice would I give to people, to the seniors who are going to major in criminology? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Um, that's interesting. I mean, that was actually one of my degrees in, in undergrad. So criminology is literally the science or the studies studying of criminals, right? So it's like criminal science and it's a social science, it's a behavioral science. And what I would say is to really absorb information so you know how people operate. If you know how criminals operate, if you know how police officers operate, if you know how people who have been impacted by the justice system operate, you can work in in multiple you can work in multiple careers so for example it's all about understanding the lower lowest common denominator and what i mean by that is the people who were impacted the most by the policies that are implemented the the the, the most people who are impacted the most by policies that are 
um, that may be disproportionately, you know, impacting them. So it's just like really understanding where people are coming from. So what I would say is basic things, study hard and whatever studying means to you. College is really an access. Uh, it's a gateway to a, a larger network. Um, but it's really just understanding what's happening in your school books. Talk to your teachers as much as possible, because, you know, in in high school, you you meet with your professors or your high school teachers, you know, maybe once, twice, three times a week. But in college, it can be reduced. But talk to your college professors as much as possible, because if you go to a really big school, if they don't know you, um, they're really not going to care about you. So talk to them, let them know why you're passionate about it, uh, about criminal justice and your 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 pathways will really open up. During this pandemic um, that we have currently going on, what has affected you and your job the most during that duration? Yeah, um, really just the common touch, right? It's, you know, human beings are tactile. And for those that may not know what tactile means, like I, you know, that's, that's not a word that I use every day, but it's like touch, right? We like to touch things. We like to see each other. We like to give handshakes we like to give high fives we like to you know you talk to your friend like oh look how crazy he or she is uh he or she is um and in my workspace it's the same thing you know um not being able to see my staff see my boss um, on a regular basis like we're we're creating a new way of communicating right like this is it's like we're on facetime all day long like that can also be be draining because you probably I don't know how often you use FaceTime or, or video chats, but just imagine, you know, you've gone from seeing your friends every day, then everything now is on video. Um, it's it's tough and it's really hard to develop like solid connections with people virtually, in my opinion. Um, but I think we're all trying to figure it out now. So that's been the that's been the toughest thing, really not being able to see my team and like gather and just like talk about how we're going to take over the world. So following up um, to what I've heard about you, um, you're very interested in like plantation, most if, mm -hmm, if, I'm, mm -hmm. if I'm not wrong. Um, so what led you? So what led you to collecting, take care of plants, and what are some of the benefits that leads towards that? Yeah, um, I mean, plants are for me like planting something means that you are believing in the future. Right. So um, if you put a seed down, you believe that it's going to germinate. You believe that something is going to come from that seed, whether it's a plant, whether it's a flower, whether it's a, a, a fruit or a vegetable. So I come from a family of farmers. Um, I came from a family of so like my grandfather owned, um, had a really large farm. Um, he owned cattle. He owned, you know, uh, different types of livestock. Actually, both sets of both sides of my grandparents did. So it was almost like a green thumb. So I grew up in a house where there were like 100, 200, 300 plants in there at all times. Um, and during the pandemic, I realized that, you know, once the pandemic first hit, I realized that I wasn't really taking care of anything but my plants. Um, so I, I used that to really show people that, you know, if you're taking care of something, you're really putting yourself second or third. Um, so, you know, a point of a point of like personal privilege. I don't have children, right? So, like, 
sometimes if a lot of folks, you know, would circle around their parents or they would circle around their their kids during the pandemic. And I literally just realized how beneficial plants were not only to like my physical space, but also my personal space and also my mental health. And I started sharing my plant experiences with people on social media and it just it just boomed. And I realized that people were yearning for a connection to something um, because the pandemic early on was really hectic for folks. I think we're all trying to figure it out now, but it's it's a lot different than it was, you know, March 2020. Right. Like we were, you know, it's still a scary time, but at least now, you know, people are getting vaccines and people are you know know how to go to school people are going back to work and so on and so forth so things are changing a little bit when growing up uh, mm-hmm. what did you originally want to be as a kid while you're growing up you know i never i never had that dream as a kid uh, my parents raised me so different than the rest of my siblings like i never was like oh i want to be a firefighter or i want to be a doctor like I didn't even really play with toys. Like I was just a different type of kid. Um, I always just wanted to make an impact on folks. I always wanted to make a change. My parents always said that I was always very vocal and I would be the kid to say like, oh, that you're not supposed to talk to me like that. Or, you know, I would tell the teachers, that's not how, that's not how you're really supposed to be teaching. So So I guess the answer to your question is I never had like a specific thing that I wanted to do. Um, but I definitely wanted a, I always wanted to make a difference. So I think I'm making a difference now and I'm very excited about that. That's good. Um, so when being chief of staff, um, Mm -hmm. what specific economic issues did you encounter or experience while working in that role? Um, so like, so one of the biggest things about being a chief of staff in at the DC council is like my, the view, like my job is very, it's very different from a lot of other government jobs. So uh, DC is a city. It functions as a city. It functions as a state. It functions as a county. We also have uh, some federal, you know, DC has a lot of federal land. Um, so we have a roughly $15 billion budget. So my office, uh, the office that I work for, I work for council member Robert White, you know, we manage a, you know, $15 billion budget. So there are some questions like, you know, sometimes, you know, people will call us and say, Hey, uh, I don't have a stop sign. Um, but then we'll also figure out how to get more money into education for charter schools like Paul public charter school or DCPS um so it's it's so different right so like my everyone always asks me what does your day look like i'm doing an interview today with with ann like that's not that's not normal that's something that's exciting um so that so the biggest economic thing biggest economic issue that i can tell you is truly trying to understand how 15 billion dollar works um 15 billion dollars work excuse me because like I'm not sure if you've ever seen $15 billion in a room. I haven't. Um, and just imagine trying to like, you know, share that money out to all 700,000 uh, residents in the city and all of the services that we do. So it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Hmm. I can see. Um, so besides of that, um, how would you feel 
like your legacy overall being chief of staff throughout these many years um, mm-hmm. how would your legacy be remembered within the brown and black community oh wow that's a that's an interesting question so so my name my first name in Tokofa actually re- actually means um legacy that will never be forgotten so i was named so in my culture in my tribe uh, names are very important and they dictate your future, right? Um, <clears throat> so for me, when I got this job, April, nope, September 16th, 2016, my goal was to be the best chief of staff that has ever been in the District of Columbia. Um, so whenever I leave, um, I want to make sure that people say he made an impact on, on me, so with local government, I I push my office, I push everybody on my team to make sure that they're writing legislation that impacts women, number one, uh, that impacts black and brown, the black and brown population, number two and number three. And everything I do in that office is about equity. Um, you know, there's a big difference between equity and equality. And I want to make sure that people will always say <clears throat> he may not have been the nicest person, but he always did what was right for the people in the District of Columbia. Hopefully that's the legacy that I will leave. So, um, do you have any questions specifically for Paul in general or students overall specifically? Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, yeah, I'm always excited to hear, like, this is really innovative. So I guess, you know, how many people are in like your class or your program that are that are doing these types of interviews, and do you think it's beneficial to your your high school career? Your high school career, excuse me. Um, I think it's very beneficial overall, and plus, being an an young an an Asian American young adult in this society to be considered an international high school for Paul Public Charter School, I feel like this would really benefit. For any of those out there to who are currently coming in to Paul as freshmen and to, to be able to to be able to feel comfortable with themselves and to know themselves to find them overall and to be able to build communication skills to be independent overall as is our main focus at Paul. Yeah. Um, and do you think that you would want to continue to do interviews like this? Um, yes, for, um, for those in the lower grades who have, um, who wants to do interview as well, and as well as for, um, anyone who's coming into Paul for interview, and yeah, it's something that I would do continuing on from this day. Yeah. Were you nervous, uh, during this interview, or when Um, when you got picked, or... Okay. I was at first, um, but knowing myself that I can be better than this, I learned to use my um, my tactic skills on like how to stay calm as possible. Because eventually, mm-hmm. once after high school, there's going to be a similarity thing related to mm-hmm. when doing job interviews or mm-hmm. or anything above that. So, mm-hmm. okay. Okay. Well, that's exciting. That's exciting. Well, look, I, like, like I said before, like you, you have a gift. Um, and, you know, Miss Lewis, Miss Lewis Taylor and Mr. Clarkson saw that gift in you. So when people see a gift, like 
step into it. I just, you know, just, 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 just crush it. You're doing a great job. You're doing a great job. Thank you so much for tuning in to this inaugural episode of Are You Listening? In partnership with the wonderful people at Ford's Theater. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and that you'll check out our other episodes. 